0: Welcome to the e-commerce marketing society podcast, a podcast for women who want to grow their online store or e-commerce brand by improving their marketing. I'm your host, Lisa Byrne, an e-commerce marketing coach for women with 20 years of marketing experience under my belt. I help women increase sales and decrease stress by helping them focus on the right things instead of doing all the things. As well as hearing from me, I gather my favorite women in e-commerce to share their stories of growth and expertise because we all know it takes a village to grow a successful business. Welcome to the society. Let's get focused and have some fun. Hi everyone, I'm back. The podcast had a little break there for a while with school holidays and off the back of a huge launch for Ecom Grow Strong, we had a record-breaking number of ladies join the 12-week program and we had our first weekly call today actually and the students have zipped through module one and are diving deep into their data-driven strategy and seeing those light bulbs pop when they realize that maybe they've been focusing on the wrong thing, or they're doing brilliantly at one area of their business and they didn't realize, or they know exactly what they need to work on for the next three, six, 12 months. Clarity and direction is a beautiful thing. So today we are joined by the lovely Emma Burrows from the PR Pantry, and we are diving into all things product publicity and in particular how to get your product featured in a gift guide or a product roundup or a listicle. Now if you've never heard of what a listicle is don't worry I've got you we're going to explain it today and we're going to hopefully break down some of those barriers between you pitching to get your product featured and you not doing it because it's not as scary or as complicated or out of your reach as it may feel right now. And it's the perfect time to start thinking about getting your products featured for those big moments in the e-commerce world, like Father's Day, Summer, Christmas, Black Friday, or even things that are happening every year like currently we've got Plastic Free July. So we're going to talk about this in the podcast episode today. It is such a juicy one So get your pen and paper out and also while we're talking about all things Q4, cruise into Q4, my three-day workshop series is coming back for a second year in a row. It was such a blast running these workshops last year with my amazing friend Chris Daria who is a Clavio expert and we just spend three days geeking out with you over offers, marketing, email campaigns, email flows, and basically how you can plan and implement a cracking Q4 marketing plan so you have your most profitable, but also your easiest Q4 ever. So if you're interested in joining that workshop, Uh, go to my website lisaburn.com.au and pop your name on the wait list. We're going to be sending out an early bird offer in August. So what is it now? It's July now. So keep your ears and eyes out for that. I'll remind you, don't worry. And let's get stuck into the episode. Hello, Emma, welcome to the podcast. you are finally here.
1: Hello, Lisa. Thank you so much for having me. I feel like this has been almost like 12 months in the making, this this conversation and chat.
0: Yes. Yeah. We will first introduce yourself and then we
1: can talk about how we met. (laughs) Absolutely. So my name is Emma Burrows and I'm the founder of the PR Pantry and I provide training, mentoring and PR services to help small businesses, entrepreneurs and startups get into the media.
0: Fabulous and today we're going to help e-commerce brands get into the media which is such a hugely valuable thing for uh, our listeners today. So thank you for joining us and yeah we met and we've been chatting about getting you on the podcast for well over a year because we both did a, um, a mini mastermind I think it was with Katie Griffin, the Google Ads Extraordinaire! yes she is amazing yes she is amazing and girl right here (laughs) me too don't worry yeah Yeah, we we both aspire to be the course creator legend that Katie is um and I've since gone on to launch and keep launching Ecom Grow Strong and you went and launched a very different bundle of your own. I
1: did, I did. A little baby bundle. Yeah. <laughs> Georgia. She's now eight months old. And I yeah, can't believe where the time's gone with that. And yeah, I'm back and really excited to yeah, help lots of people with their PR. And yeah, really keen just to yeah, have this chat today and finally um, talk about some of the things that we've been wanting to talk about for so long.
0: Yes. And, you know, between both of us, babies, sick kids, COVID, look, yeah. the, the um, interruptions were endless, but we're here. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited because you're going to Teach us a little bit about how to secure a spot in a media gift guide, but also give us some updates on how the whole gift guide, you know, product placement in editorial and advertorial, how that's all shifted and changed recently, which yeah. is really interesting. So maybe you could start start off by telling us a little bit about the whole media gift guide, you know, scenario and, and w- what the benefit is for, for brands.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, gift guides, if yeah, if you don't know, is just a way in which you pitch to the media uh, with your product to get into one of their publications and it's usually a roundup or um, a list of different things that you that, that their um, audience and readership can uh, view, um, so you're looking at uh, yeah Mother's Day gift guides, Christmas gift guides, but also roundups. So things like conscious brands to look out for, uh, things that have you know listicles that have numbers attached to it. So it might be seven must-have woolly jumpers mm-hmm. this winter. Um, really, those kinds of uh, trends are endless, and there are certain editors where that is their job is to, they're like the shopping editor, the market editor, where they're looking at different roundups and different products to feature based on certain trends and uh, things that are uh, of interest uh, depending on the time of year.
0: Interesting. I didn't
1: realize that that was like a whole
0: profession Um, and I guess it's, yeah, it's super popular and I also notice and I get a lot of questions about um, not just uh, publications, but Influencers and and bloggers and actual brands and even service providers that do lists and guides. What's the what's the
1: deal with that? Is it do you class them as the same thing or? Um, yeah, it's really funny. I feel like that's definitely something that has changed over the last couple of years, where we're seeing more and more brands becoming sort of their own publishers in a sense. Yeah. And, um that's really really clever because there's some great SEO there and uh you know creating content that people want and I think that's where this landscape sort of changing is that you know people are realizing people love this sort of uh editorial organic looking content where they can get ideas thoughts and um yeah it, it's it varies I think in the sense for each sort of uh you know, influencer or brand, um, depending on how they operate. Um, I know that some of the gift guides, you know, it'll be they want some sort of paid spend behind it. Others don't. So it will just vary depending on on who you're pitching to. But I think it's exciting because it's just giving more and more opportunities for, for brands and, and businesses to get their, their names out there. And if it's something that works for you and you can see those results, like influencers that have, you know, incredible followings, Um yeah, there's every opportunity there to, to reach your ideal customer and client. So
0: yeah, absolutely. And I love how you mentioned SEO there because if you do get a great placement in a a listicle or a a gift guide that can perform for you for a very long time. Like I know when I'm looking for, let's say, um, Australian slow fashion brands or something like that, I'll type that into Google. And generally what's at the top is something in like Harper's Bazaar. I don't know if that's the publication or whatever publication, um, Cosmopolitan or whatever it is. And I'm clicking on that. And that's where I'm discovering those brands. And I've noticed that they're also including links to their Instagram
1: as well as their website. So it's kind of like a double whammy. It's fantastic. And, you know, that kind of cut through. And as you said, the beauty of PR in this sense is that it's so sustainable and long-term. It's not necessarily like an ad where you have it for a certain amount of time. And as soon as the money finishes, it turns off. Um, This is something that, yeah, lives on in the big worldwide web. And, um, yeah, years and years later... You know, depending on what you're searching and what you're looking for in in Google, um, those listicles could come up. And because they are so popular, people are keen to know what the top 10 whatever is, they just drive traffic and do, you know, quite well. So, um, yeah, it's definitely and those beautiful backlinks that you get, um, it's just wonderful for your business. So, yes, yeah, lots and in, things.
0: <laughs> so true. And in a world where econ businesses are probably too focused on that instant gratification style marketing, like Instagram mm-hmm. and Reels, even though there's a place for it, or pouring money into ads, like you say that the traffic stops when your money runs out. Um, it's so important to start looking at things like this to weave into your long-term marketing strategy.
1: hundred percent. And like I say to clients, you know, PR, it's not a sales tool or a sales element. It definitely can help drive sales, but it's a communications tool in a sense. And me and my PR pals always talk about that, the importance of that. Because there's so much more to it than just doing, you know, getting sales for you and, um, you know, the credibility, the growth that it can build, the SEO, as I've said, um, building that customer loyalty and trust uh, because it's coming from that third party and it's yes. not you saying you're good. It's someone else saying that you're good. Um, there's, yeah. There's really no comparing in the sense of, of the two, but they work so well together when you've got your marketing all set up beautifully and then the PR comes in and just goes boom and just amplifies that.
0: Oh, I love it. You're
1: selling me. Maybe I need to hire you for my business. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so how would a, um, a brand go about if they haven't done anything like this before? What would yeah. be the first steps to get their product in a publication that's relevant to their customer.
1: Yeah, so the first step is really to understand what is it that you're wanting to pitch. So understanding your product and, you know, recognising, yeah, what exactly are you wanting to put out there? Once you have that, that will really determine the publication that you're going to pitch to because then you have an idea of, you know, will this fit in with that publication? And I always say to clients to really research the publication that you you do want to get into, like take the time, understand what they view, uh, understanding things like tone of voice, the imagery that they're using, all those things are going to help you identify whether or not your product is a good fit for that publication. The next thing you need to identify is, okay, if I'm wanting to get into Christmas gift guides, how long do I need to essentially start how long do I need to look at in terms of when do I need to start pitching Mm -hmm. so um if you're wanting to get into a print magazine these guys work three months plus in advance sometimes longer yeah um I was just talking to the editor of um the gift guide so there's a gift guides editor for good weekend for example Mm -hmm. and um I was speaking to her back in April and she already had some ideas locked in for Father's Day so yeah um the sooner you can get in and pitch, even if it is a little bit early, you can even go in with your email being like, "I might be, you know, jumping yeah. the gun here," but um, the earlier the better. Just so that you're not missing out on those lead times is critical.
0: It's like it's like planting planting some lovely little seeds early in the year that you can reap in the end of the year. And it sounds like it, yeah. it it's not that time consuming looking into these publications, but you're going to save yourself a lot of time if, if you do do your research first.
1: Absolutely. So do that research. And then the next step really is, is connecting with the right person. And that also comes down to the research. So you'll see that um, a lot of the time listicles, roundups or gift guides will have who they will have an author there mm-hmm. and doing a little bit more research and digging, you'll find that they're normally the person that you need to be uh, um, speaking to. However, I will just say that the la- the landscape changes so often. Yeah. So, whoever did a gift guide or Christmas gift guide, you know, last year potentially might not be working for that publication this year. So, um, that's where it can get tricky, and that's where people like myself and other PRs can really be useful there because we are constantly looking at the landscape and who's who in the zoo. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: so, once you know who you're pitching to, then it's a matter of going out and sending that pitch and. There's a few steps that um, I can definitely share on this podcast if, if we have the yeah. time. Yeah, <laughs> because I think
0: that's the barrier. Like, if I'm thinking about all the conversations I have with my lovely um, students and clients, it's like, but how can I just send them an email? Like, or how do I reach out? Like, yeah. are they going to get annoyed? Or is that rude? You know, what talk no. us through
1: that. Yeah. So I think the biggest misconception is that people think, oh, like it's not for me, like I'm not big enough or I can't just email them. But the bottom line is they're looking for content. They need content because if they get good content, they're driving traffic or getting more listeners or viewers and that's helping them. You know, they're essentially they're a business. They need revenue. So all those things that you're doing by helping and pitching something that could be really relevant and of interest to their audience is, is great so really understanding your value and getting your head around that that you're actually you know if you're if you've done the research and know that your product aligns with their products and their business then absolutely you should be going out and pitching and and putting yourself out there Mm -hmm. um and really the steps in doing that is just simply um writing an email Um, having everything that you're wanting to say and pitch in that email. Um, And it's really about having that awareness that these people are very busy and um, yeah, having all the information essentially in that email. So it's all there ready to go. But one thing I do say with pitching, um, it's really good to build a rapport with the person that you're wanting to reach out to um, before you pitch. So, social media has been fantastic in changing the way that we deal with our media friends. Like back when I first started out, it was like boozy lunches and yes. all things. And now people don't have time, but social media has made it great because you can literally, you know, start to engage and, you know, it can be as simple as like, you know, you might follow a journalist and say that they love dogs. And if you're a dog lover, awesome. Like, you know, connect on that. Um, I always say to clients though, so please be genuine. Don't be fake and yuck and Mm-hmm. I do just trying to do it for the sake of it. Like, it's very, very obvious if you do do that. But if you just start here and there with a few little things that are genuine and authentic, all of a sudden, when you do send that email, being like, hello, this is my brand, my business, my product, here's beautiful imagery, this is what it's about, the retail, the RRP, all the things that they need. Right. Um, they'll go, oh, I remember speaking to so and so. Like, I remember seeing them on Instagram. I liked their products. Or so. It's definitely something to um, put the time into and that long.
0: Yes. And having the confidence to to like really get your elevator pitch ready. Like if you have developed something that's unique because of X, Y, and Z, or Mm -hmm. you've you've got 20 years experience in formulating, you know, your special blend of something, make sure you're adding those stories in there because it's a it's a hook.
1: And the thing is, you might pitch a story, say, or, you know, something for, say, let's just say Mother's Day. Maybe your product isn't the right fit for what they're doing for Mother's Day, but maybe it's good for something else that they're working on. So regardless of, you know, whether or not the pitch is successful, sometimes it can be hard with rejection or not hearing anything. But a lot of the time, journalists, if it is relevant and it is of interest and it's something that can see working with down the track they will file that and um use it if it's something that they um yeah can see working in with another story down the track so um often when i do a pitch um say for a certain roundup so for example we've got plastic free july coming up um i'll be pitching stories around that but then I will also say this will work for X, Y, Z. So if yeah. your product is, you know, sustainable, but it also is, you know, vegan or plant-based. Yeah. Or, something or for men there, or for dads. Yeah. Absolutely. You can say it could also work for these themes. So yeah. um, putting that in your pitch is also really great because it shows that you understand that, you know, that this is just one element, but here are some other themes and trends where your product also might fit in.
0: Yeah, that's so cool. That's right. And and keeping in mind that you're probably making someone's job far easier if they're scrambling for the, another placement, another story, um, and here comes your lovely little email, so don't yeah. hold back. You never know. If you don't ask, you don't get. Absolutely. That's 100%. <laughs> and so what are those? So we've got the well-crafted email and so imagery would you suggest, like, putting some of your best images in a Google folder or something like that? Like,
1: Yeah, I suggest having a mixture of high-resolution imagery that's lifestyle and also um, just your plain white background. Um, really important to yeah, have that in a shareable document. Um, if you have it um, on the email or attached to an email, if it's too big, sometimes that can really... Uh, yeah. yeah have, not work. Make, yeah we make it a bit tricky in the sense of the um the email getting sent um but you can also include and embed an image if you make sure the size is small sometimes that works nicely to include an image so that they understand uh, that yeah um but yeah, having that beautiful high resolution imagery 100 in a in a google drive or a hightail or whatever it is that you're using um we transfer that, that's something that's easy for the journalist to access um and just with the imagery making sure that uh, with the file name, you're getting the file names, um, you know. Yes. With all the information. So, you know, your brand name, the product, and then the retail price um, is something that's good just so they don't have to scramble back and look. Yeah, that's handy. Um, yeah, so having that in the file name is really quite a, a good thing to have. And, again, like these guys are super, super busy. So the the more you can help um, our media pals... uh. the the better so yeah
0: yeah it's kind of like survival of the the most prepared (laughs) the most organized email will get through and what is your thoughts around sending your physical product like a sample out does that Mm. still happen with PR like with journos are you still sending those things
1: it happens quite a lot Lisa and it's something um where I now I don't send any products out unless I've received confirmation from the journalist producer or editor um purely from a sustainability point of view like these people are getting so many PR products and gift packs and um, media kits and some people don't want them some people it's just not really for them and it just the the amount of waste that's um yeah at at the moment I I don't know the stats exactly but Mm supposedly the PR waste it's actually becoming a bit of a um, problem a real problem
0: yeah
1: um, so you know for me yeah I, I definitely I always email and say can I send you a gift can we send you something um, a lot of the time they'll say yep that's great send it here there's no guarantee that it will run and that's of course it's all part of it but it definitely helps if um you know someone can actually see your physical product and get a sense of how it works especially if it's a product that as a sensory thing, such as a fragrance or something nice. Um, But, you know, also too, you've got to think about how it aligns with your brand and business. So, for example, if you are a a business that champions sustainability, you wouldn't want to be going and sending all these gift packs out um, without, I think, correspondence with the, you know, certain, the journalists that you're wanting to reach to because essentially you could be adding to the waste so I think um, that's something that more and more PRs, I think, are starting to become more mindful of and recognising that uh, yeah, it's best to actually have that conversation and say, can I send you this so that the journalist is, is aware that it's coming? And um, yeah, you're just helping the planet as well.
0: Yeah, I'm so glad that's changed. Back in the day when I, w- I did PR for a, a- TV channel back in the day, Mm. Um, and the amount of money and waste that was spent Mm. on things like um, packaging, couriers, even invitations, like what we would spend on invitations and no guarantee that this person's going to turn up to the event. So I'm so glad that's changed. And the fact that these journos are, are kind of not sitting in their ivory tower anymore, like so unattainable that you can get into their DMs and just chit chat to them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And one thing I'll say too, just, you know, post-pandemic, you don't even know if that person's going to be in their office. Yeah, so that's true. So you don't want to be sending something to, you know, uh, the headquarters of a publication and actually they're only in there, you know, every once in a while. So yes. I, I think that, again, and just, just in the sense of your own business and uh, the budget and everything and the time that you're putting in, you don't want to be doing all that for it to then not be actually hitting that person or getting to that person so yes I was gonna
0: ask you about that like um, for a business that says you know one to five years in would you suggest planning and setting aside product or budget for PR on a regular basis or like at those periods of in the year like Mother's Day or Christmas whatever it is so Mm -hmm. You know, you've got you've got you've got something squirreled away that you can.
1: Yeah, I, I would definitely be looking at you know including that in your budget and working out your quarters. Like every quarter, there is something that you could potentially be doing with PR. Um, you know, and I teach my clients around that and looking at those things that are coming up and trends and um, there's content calendars we can look and see and there's some easy wins there essentially. Um, based on, you know, the, the media are quite habitual. They will focus on the same things every yes. year because it's what people want. Because at the end of the day, what they're producing is often for just everyday people like you and me.
0: Yeah, exactly. They want
1: content from people that, you know, they can relate to. So um, a lot of the time, yeah, the, the having those brands that are of interest to people like you and I, um, if you sort of think of it that way, it actually makes a lot more sense and makes it i think easier to pitch when you are a small business owner because you go oh what, what would i like to read or hear about
0: yes yeah i love that and yet the, that's it people are journos aren't reinventing the wheel every year they're the same events come up like plastic free july yeah. um so it makes sense that you can plot that into your marketing calendar with everything else so That kind of covers the traditional sort of gift guide and you were saying that things have changed slightly and there's different ways that are coming into the mix. What's that all about?
1: Yeah, so um, it's been probably, so probably in America over the last two years we've seen changes in affiliated links and affiliated marketing and how that's connected to PR. Uh, More recently we're now starting to see this happen in Australia where... Uh, roundups and product-based um, listings and listicles uh, and even some stories that you see, actual mm. feature stories on a publication, or oh, sorry, on a, on a product or business, um, there might be some money put behind it. So uh, it's essentially where, you know, you sign up to an affiliated program. You, there's normally an entry level, so you might need to, you know, put down X amount of dollars. Um, that it will, it will vary depending on the affiliated program. And then um, you get sort of put into a pool. So if an a, a editor is looking for some products to feature in a, in, a, in a roundup, they might go and have a look and see who they're affiliated with in an affiliated scheme. And if, you know, there are certain products in there, they will... You know, pull a few a few of those into that that roundup, and what happens is for every um, click that comes from that pub from that article, um, the publication will get some money from that. So um, it's something that's becoming more and more common. So with gift guides, for example, um, you'll see down the bottom of a lot of different gift guides that are you know media editorial based there might be a blurb down the bottom that will just say um, we don't play favourites, but we uh, might have an affiliated program and um, yeah, we may receive some money if, if you click through. Um, so it's just something that's becoming more and more common. And I think just something uh, just for business owners to be mindful of that you can absolutely still pitch and get great coverage. But if there is a competing brand um, that's in, a, in an affiliated program, um and they're you know a 10 spots up for grab in a top 10 listicle uh if there are six that you know meet the criteria that are in an affiliated program um clearly that editor will pick the uh brands that are part of that because you know they're essentially getting some revenue from that mm-hmm. um and i think this is a new way you know in terms of the media landscape so much changed with covid like when when things first hit magazines that went under that have now come back thank goodness but I think the the traditional way in which a a publication got revenue is changing and these affiliated links are becoming uh, I guess a new way of of, um you know for for media for the media to get revenue Um, so it's just something to be mindful Mm. of when you are pitching going out there and maybe if you're not getting the cut through um, and you'll see you know certain listicles there'll be big names that sort of get in there, and you're sort of like, why do they? like, Yeah, oh, yeah. You know? um, and the reason would be that they're part of an affiliated scheme, and there's money behind it. So um, I thought it'd just be worthwhile mentioning this because I don't want you know people going out and pitching to gift guides and um, and not having this sense of awareness, I guess. And yeah. it's just good to you know, yeah, have 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 that knowledge that um, this is something and a trend that we're seeing that. Is looking at it's going to continue to grow um and you know if you if you're looking at some publications where there's even an actual feature story on a brand and you think oh how did they get that yeah um it could have been through just editorial and PR pitching and the right story Um, but there's also an opportunity and also a chance it could have been a paid thing again so um just something to be mindful of I think
0: Yes, and I want to know with like I'm I'm thinking of those um, spreads that we see in well not spreads but features in good old Daily Mail
1: because mm-hmm. I know
0: um, they feature they feature e-commerce brands quite a bit now. It must right. get a lot of click. Like it's like you know um, the this product uh, this brand sells. 600 tubs of this skincare every three minutes like yeah what, yeah or even you know the they're just featuring the story about the business um yeah. how of how do they get in in there is that like
1: yeah no well actually some of those are just PR
0: PR yeah
1: They love those stories anything where it's like you know you sell your product every you know every minute you sell a product yes. or uh, those kinds of things I actually do love those and if it's like the miracle cream that you know like those kinds of um yeah angles definitely of interest um especially you know you'll see news.com.au they love a good um story around figures so if you're a product-based business that is seeing real growth in your business Uh that's a great angle to pitch and if you're comfortable talking about those figures um even better and saying how you know i've you know
0: made uh, a million dollars gone from
1: you know yeah. this to this in 12 months boom like um they love that kind of stuff you, you can also pitch if you do feel a little bit um un, a bit uneasy talking about actual dollar value you could talk about like the percentage
0: mm. um that's
1: not as strong but it's is something that you could look at and then they might be happy to um yeah play around with that but a lot of the time they do do love you know the actual dollar value yes um,
0: yes I've noticed that yeah and I imagine the
1: traffic
0: that you would see featured on news.com.au or Daily Mail would be insane
1: yeah it's significant like yeah one of my clients got on there recently and she was just like messaging me going oh my god Emma this is nuts and it's just like yeah well they've got a readership of millions so like it's um and to the the credibility behind that um, someone else sharing your story and um, yeah and then just the I think how you can leverage that you can put it on your socials you can um, put that on your website being in the logos we've been featured here
0: yeah
1: uh, yeah it's just the gift that keeps on giving really so.
0: Yeah. So true. And do you think because when you're I'm thinking about the traffic going to a website and you don't have a like a a, a well-optimized website with your marketing in check, your social media strong, your email marketing strong, mm-hmm. it's probably gonna, you know, be a little bit of a missed opportunity. So do you think it's something that you do have to have your ducks lined up oh, quite nicely? Absolutely.
1: First? You want to make sure like PR can only do so much. Yeah. So you're wanting it to be that when that story lands that when someone clicks through to your website everything
0: on the other
1: side of things is like just running ticking on nicely like if you've launched a new product make sure that product's up there make sure people can buy it
0: find Um, it easily
1: yeah yep and just um making sure like your, your social channels are all up to date and looking nice um if you are you know if you have like a blog area on your website make sure that that's looking relevant yeah all that matters so if you can take the time just to think of those things make sure that's all looking good and uh, you know I probably haven't stressed it enough in this podcast but imagery is so 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 important and that can be the reason why your story runs so Mm -hmm. um taking the time really understanding like looking at like the lifestyle images um yeah making sure yeah you've got just your um your normal product-based images as well with the white background, high resolution. But um, yeah, that is so, so crucial for PR.
0: Yes, so true. I mean, like if a journal is not if they may be interested in the pitch that you've sent through, but then they go visit your website or your social media and you haven't posted in like two months, or your website's a little bit, a little bit dodgy, then you're probably going to be looked over for somebody else.
1: Yeah. So absolutely. Get your, and one thing, sorry, I will also add, yeah. like new content, like so Reels, for example, most of the publications now have, yeah, well, they clearly all have their own social channels, but they now have like social media managers that you can pitch to with product ideas for Reels, for example. Wow. So imagine if your product got onto to like, you know, um, a well-known, like a body and soul, for example, like there's opportunities there to pitch, you know, like to Traveller or, or Escape. Um, if there's, like, you know, a travel-based sort of um, product or angle. Yeah, so
0: interesting.
1: There's an opportunity there if you know who to speak to uh, where they're looking for content. So, um, again, it's just like a whole other sort of realm in the sense of um, where, yeah, you're hitting, like, their social media audiences.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm just thinking, like, if you've got a travel brand or, a you know, Fashion brand, there's something unique about it. Pitch it to them. You may not get in the publication, but you could get in the in the socials. And yeah. it's all these like just just try it. You never know what can yeah. happen.
1: Absolutely, like that would be you know. Please put yourself out there. Um, these they're they're lovely people. That is people like you know everyday people like you and me that have a job and their job is to uh, share content and share stories. And things that are compelling and interesting, and products will be interest that will be of interest to their target audience. So, if you can always just think back to who are they serving, who are they trying to reach in interest, that's your guide. And if your product is something that you think that their audience will care about and could really help their audience, absolutely, you should be going out there and letting them know.
0: So exciting! It's I'm, I'm sure we've inspired a lot of listeners to take that next leap and try something different because it's not something that everybody has done like I don't really come across that many brands that actively pitch in their products to be honest
1: yeah and I, I think oh, I don't want to say a stat that's wrong but like I feel like it's a really really high percentage of like you know stories that you see they've come from someone pitching it it's yeah. not it's not just you know a journal doing their research and, you know, like they probably, you know, some journalists and editors and producers would, but a lot of the time they're so busy that, you know, that they're needing people to come to them and say, look, this is this, you know, look what we've got here. Um, and so hundred percent. And and I say to my clients, you know, no one's more equipped or qualified to tell you know, your story, you like so true. And you're so, you know, and that passion and drive and um, that elevator pitch, I think is so powerful when it comes from the founder. So uh, definitely have a crack and um, you never know where it could take you.
0: Yeah, I love it. Thank you so much. I've learned a lot from you today. Um, And if someone was wanting to have this all managed for them, where could
1: they find you? Yes, so you can find me over um, at theprpantry.com and the same with my Insta handles at the PR Pantry. Um, But, yeah, I offer uh, group programs, one-on-one, and I was just saying to you, Lisa, I'm now opening the doors again for retainer work. So you'd like me to just do it all. Um, it's something I'm now offering. So <laughs>
0: Fantastic. Thank you. And I'll definitely have to get you to come and do a masterclass inside my uh, membership because I've, yeah. I can see a very fun planning workshop happening where we're looking at the calendar, figuring things yes. out, something fun like that.
1: Yeah, no, we'll make it a thing where we can sit down and actually do the do work. And, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Amazing. Right. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much, Lisa.
0: Thank you, everyone, for
1: listening. Bye. Bye.
0: (laughs) Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the e commerce marketing society podcast. If you want to keep getting juicy marketing goodness into your ears each week, hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And be sure to please leave a five star review on iTunes so I can keep sharing all this good stuff with you. Until next time, keep taking those big or baby steps. I'm cheering you on every part of the way. La, la, la,